With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, awards watchers. Uh, Gold Derby senior editor Daniel Montgomery here with my fellow editors, Marcus James Dixon and Zachary Laws. We are here to discuss the... Critics' Choice nominations, the Critics' Choice Awards uh, for film. They already announced their nominations for uh, television a few weeks ago, but uh, uh, on today, February 8th, as we're recording this, they have announced their film nominees. Um, and let's get us started. We'll just talk about who's on top. We've got Mank has 12 nominations more than any other film, followed by Minari with uh, 10 nominations. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom has eight and News of the World has seven, and then you've got a bunch of films that are tied together with six, including Nomadland, Trial of the Chicago Seven, Promising Young Woman. Uh, so, uh, you know, first off, what do you think of the list uh, and how hardly anyone is really missing? Because they nominate like 10 best pictures and seven, eight, nine nominees for acting, however many they can fit. What did you think of that? <laughs> Well, you know, say what you will about them, but at least somebody had the good sense to finally nominate Spike Lee and Delroy Lindo um, <laughs> after those uh, Globe and SAG snubs. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised, like you said, Daniel, because, um, you know, basically everybody that got nominated is within our top 10 uh, rankings uh, with our official odds at Gold <laughs> Derby. Um, so it, it wasn't a surprise necessarily to see Delroy Lindo and, and Spike Lee show up there. Uh, along with everybody else who did. But I think it definitely helps their chances and helps sort of change the, the narrative of them being snubbed across the board because the Five Bloods did quite well overall. It got six nominations. Um, for me, the really uh, big takeaway from this list is how well Minari performed. Yeah. 10 nominations, just too shy of Manx, 12. And when you compare those two movies, you, you really almost have like a, a La La Land Moonlight situation where, you know, uh, Mank is this hugely expensive, uh, technically ambitious production with the full backing of Netflix and David Fincher and, and big stars in its cast compared with this scrappy little indie with one recognizable actor. Most of it is in uh, Korean. Uh, from a, a largely unknown filmmaker. And it's competing across the board in all of these above and below the line nominations. Now we should note that three of those 10 categories are not gonna show up at the Oscars. Um, uh, ensemble and young actor. And also it is not <laughs> technically a foreign language film, even though it's in Korean, it is an American production. So don't look for it to show up there. But for a movie like this to potentially get seven Oscar nominations, uh, including all those different places that we look at to pick a best picture winner, I think we really have to start taking this movie uh, seriously as, as a contender. I'm taking it seriously, Zach. It is my prediction to win best picture at the Oscars and best director. Um, and I was a little bit late to this. I just watched Minari a, a week ago and I was just blown away. It lives up to the hype, if not more so. I, I was so happy to see it get 10 <clears throat> nominations today. 
And I just wanted to mention, since you you talked about Gold Derby's odds a little bit, the 10 Best Picture nominees um, today from Critics' Choice, they match up with our Gold Derby predictions 9 for 10. So we both have uh, Defy Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Minari, News of the World, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. And their 10th is Sound of Metal. Our 10th is The Father. So that's the only place we disagree. But yeah, this Mank thing is interesting. You know, Mank leads today. It was basically snubbed at the SAG Awards. It got one little nomination. And then, but the Golden Globes loved it too. So it's like a roller coaster. Yeah, it's been up and then down and then now up again. Uh, this isn't totally surprising because it's such a technical film and the Critics' Choice Awards have uh, below the line categories that the Golden Globes and SAG Awards don't. So uh, it was always going to be stronger here than it would have been there. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, it got every everything it needed. Uh, basically, the stuff that we had been expecting for it for a while: picture, director, screenplay, actor, supporting actress. Uh, supporting actress was snubbed, Amanda Seyfried at the SAG Awards, but she got in back in here, um, got all the texts we were basically expecting. So like, it depends, it's just now a matter of whether it wins. I actually think it's probably maybe third for best picture to win at the Critics' Choice. Uh, I think they'll probably still give it to Nomad or Trial, um, but I'm not entirely sure. They, I mean, they could give it to Minari, but they want to predict the Oscars so badly that I don't know if they'll go for it here. Uh, or maybe they'll give it, they'll give it their foreign language film award because it's eligible at these awards and not at the Oscars, uh, being an American production. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it might still be Nomadland versus Trial of the Chicago 7 with their kind of six nominations apiece. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, whatever, <laughs> whichever between the two of those wins the Golden Globe, uh, pick that to win Best Picture Critics' Choice. Because <laughs> I remember last year, it, it, it looked like the tide was going towards Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when it won all those Golden Globes and then won at Critics' Choice, like, a couple of nights later. And you remember they had this thing where um, Bong Joon-ho and Sam Mendes tied for Best Director right after Sam Mendes surprisingly won the Golden Globe. That was like the first uh, prize that he had won uh, against our odds. Uh, we had been predicting Bong Joon-ho over here. So yeah, I mean, basically what, whatever triumphs at the Golden Globes, just pick that to win a critic's choice. But I do think that as, in terms of what is gonna win at the Oscars, uh, the race is becoming a lot more fluid and wide open because of things like this Minari surge, because Mank keeps kind of like <laughs> coming back and going away again, because you still have something like Nomadland, which is really sturdy and dependable, or Trial of the Chicago 7, which feels very relevant and of its time. Uh, and also, you know, like the big, the third nomination skitter, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which could potentially win Best Actor for Chadwick and Best Actress for Viola. Um, you know, I mean, I think like one of those five or six, however many I just named, um, <laughs> is, uh, is gonna start to become like our best picture front runner. Yeah, I think, um, I think you know, it's interesting, the Critics' Choice Awards, uh, we, we talk about their ties and we put them in air quotes sometimes, like I just did, uh, because they, they seem dubious sometimes. Uh, like you get eight nominees for best actor here, uh, uh, seven nominees for director and actress, I think. Like it, 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 so 
you know, sometimes they give two awards in a night, like when they gave Best Director to both directors last year, as Zach mentioned, or Best Actress to both Glenn Close and Lady Gaga. Um, and it and Olivia like, Coleman because she won in comedy. And so. Olivia <laughs> Coleman because she won in comedy. And, yeah. you know, the Critics' Choice Awards, more than other awards, are very open about wanting to be considered predictors of Oscar. Like, they actually mm-hmm. put it in their press release. Like, we are the number one Oscar predictor in terms of awards, uh, which other awards groups, even if they want that, uh, they rarely say it out loud. <laughs> like we give awards to the best, and, you know, Critics' Choice are like, we give it awards because we, we want to preview what's going to happen at the Oscars. Uh, so we, like I do kind of side-eye come some of their ties sometimes thinking, okay, you're, is that a tie or are you kind of, you know, splitting your bet to, to, to so you're right one way or the other. Right. Didn't you say there's like 400 voting members? Yeah, there are more than 400 voting members. They're uh, entertainment journalists across uh, TV, radio, uh, online. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, so it's, if, it's it, you know the Golden Globes have like 90. So if 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 they were to have a tie, it would kind of make sense, you know, 45, 45. But when you have this many people, you know having this many ties there there is you know a, a question mark attached to that yeah it does it does seem a little bit uh questionable that there would be ties that often and ties that convenient <laughs> mm. when when they come in the categories where it looks like a tight race at the oscars yeah so basically if anybody's surprised at the golden globes uh look for them to tie at the critics choice um yeah and it's, it, it, it's also especially dubious, we should say, that because they have so many nominees, you only need like 13, 14% of the vote in order to win. So, you know, the odds of two people getting that percentage so often is um, a little strange. I would suggest that they hire uh, any of us to be the deciding vote in a tiebreaker. <laughs> and so that we can cut down on the number of ties that they have every year and maybe uh bring a little bit more legitimacy uh to this organization because i do want to say that like there are some good nominees here oh yeah i'm glad to recognize people like sydney flanagan for never rarely sometimes always and talia Um, Ryder in the in the young actor category i don't know what their age difference is it seems odd that they're one is in best actress and one is younger i think they're about the same age and tom (laughs) hanks news of the world he finally gets nomination which I know some people were mixed on this movie, but I freaking loved it. I loved this movie. And Helena gets in for younger actor, but not supporting actress, which kind of, you know, if, if there was not a younger actor category, would she have gotten in for supporting actress? Absolutely. Probably. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> so that, she's kind of hurt by that. And it well, she's definitely, wonder. she's guaranteed to win, I think, best young actor or actress. Uh, I don't know, because the little boy from... Um, Minari, Alan Kim, he stole that movie. Um, and he actually had dialogue, unlike Helena, who was mostly silent. But hers but, is I mean, a much right, showier probably... performance and she's up at the Globes and SAG. And like we talked about them wanting to predict the Oscars, they're much more going to want to see her on stage given or yeah. whatever stage. <laughs> I mean, she's gonna be my prediction, but if Alan Kim wins, don't be surprised. 
Uh, and you know, now that we have the Critics' Choice Golden Globes and SAG nominations in, uh, we now know who, what actors have gotten in at all three awards, oh, yeah. uh, which should give us a good sense of who's going to get into the Oscars, although not always. We will talk about exceptions that we have had to this rule, but if you get Globe, SAG, Critics' Choice, your odds are like about 80 to 90%, let's say, that you're getting that Oscar nomination at that point. So for Best Actor, there are four actors who have cleaned up across the board. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, and Gary Oldman in Mank. That leaves uh, an open fifth slot, or more than that, if you think one of these might be snubbed. Uh, actress, you've got Viola Davis in Ma Rainey, uh, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Uh, so again, four out of the five slots. Uh, supporting actor, Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Uh, so only three, and also only three in supporting actress, where you've got Maria Bakalova, uh, who uh, slight asterisk got in at, as a lead at the Golden Globes, uh, but is a supporting actress at Critics' Choice and SAG, and is being campaigned there for the Oscars. Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy has managed the three-peat, um, and Olivia Coleman in The Father. So uh, interesting, the open slots we have. When I look at these and I think who's the most vulnerable of missing out, I think it's probably the ones who might be the only nomination for their movie or one of the only nominations for their movie because it shows that maybe voters, not enough voters are going to bother watching it. Uh, so that's your, uh, that's your uh, Vanessa Kirby maybe for Pieces of a Woman, although Alan Burstyn could also get in, but those are the only two really places we've seen support for it. Uh, potentially Daniel Kaluuya for Jews and the Black Messiah, although I think, that's, I think he's a, a stronger, likelier bet. Um, and, and even Glenn Close, at this point, I'm, I'm resigned to Glenn Close getting the nomination, but it is true that she's probably going to be one of only at most two or three nominations for Bill Billy Elegy, depending on whether they nominate Amy Adams, like SAG did, and if they nominate the hair and makeup, I think those are really the only other viable Listen, uh, possibilities. I think Glenn has a much better chance than you mentioned. I think the one in the category that may be struggling is Maria Bakalova. That too, yeah, yeah because it's such an over-the-top un-Oscar type performance. Like, don't get me wrong, she was amazing and she would be on my personal list. But, you know, these are older members who may not, you know, take this movie seriously, which they shouldn't because it's a comedy. Well, I mean, you know, the other thing is that, let's not forget, this is the same organization, the Academy I'm talking about, that nominated Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell over Jennifer Lopez and Hustlers. Just last year, which is, and a, like, which is a case of the uh, one of the exceptions where Jennifer Lopez got mm -hmm. it, and all three missed at the Oscars. And like, I'm not saying that to slight Kathy Bates or Richard Jewell. I'm saying that because, uh, you know, that is a much that was a much more traditional Academy pick, right? As opposed to Jennifer Lopez uh, and Hustlers was. And so, uh, I mean, I I agree. I think that uh, I, I've been saying that Glenn Close is going to win the Oscar for months now. Um, and <laughs> starting to feel a little validated. Um, I think Maria Bakalova looks really strong for a nomination. Um, but if you're looking for somebody who could potentially be a really surprising snub, um, I, would, I would look at her. Um, because like you said, Marcus, I mean, the movie is, I, I do think that the movie should be taken seriously, even though it's a comedy, because it's a comedy that's about very important things. 
but you know it's also a Borat movie and so people might not necessarily even though the first movie got that screenplay nomination at the Oscars they might turn their noses up uh, up at it thinking that it's not a serious important movie yeah the screenplay um, categories are where you can get your kind of offbeat comedy pick a lot of times especially because there are two screenplay categories so you often get that lone screenplay nominee that's something a little bit more uh, offbeat unusual uh so yeah i do th- I, like i've been debating whether to predict maria bakalova for the oscar like after a globe yeah. and sag i put her in because i hadn't had her in even because she'd gotten all the critics awards and i'm like that's not going to materialize that that alone is not going to be enough to get this performance at the oscars sag made me think okay maybe it's happening critics choice was always going to happen because it happened at the globes and sag so of course they're going to put it into uh, the oscar i still am not sure about I, I I do think like if I have like a fourth and fifth place in my personal predictions, it's probably Glenn. Although Glenn probably maybe a little higher, maybe like third at this point. Should be. Uh, um, and <laughs> Maria Maria is still fifth. Like is still fifth. Like she's the the nomination will be a huge reward. But I I can still see Oscar voters looking at their ballot and saying Oscar nominee Borat subsequent movie film. Yeah, and, and I will say themselves, though, is uh, are we doing that? I will say though, let me, you know, if they don't nominate her, then actors are stupid because if you think about, <laughs> because seriously, if you think about what she had to do in terms of a, of a performance, she had to be in character all the time. She could not break character because she would then break the illusion to people who thought that, that she was a real life person, you know? Mm. So it's not, you know, all due respect to people like Glenn, uh, who, who gave a really transformative performance, but she was able to break character, at least in between takes. She was able to take the makeup off when she went home. Maria had to be hopefully. Borat's daughter. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Maria Bakalova had to be Borat's daughter 24-7. And could... if you... Oh, go ahead. If you could fool Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> well... Four seasons, he mistook Four Seasons Total Landscaping for the Four Seasons Hotel. So that may not be that the hardest part of her acting job. <laughs> I feel like we could else. do an all Borat slugfest. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Um, can we go back to Best Actor one second? Because you said there was four that got in at Critics' Choice, Golden Globes, and um, SAG Awards. So who do we each think is the fifth? I just put in Stephen Ewan Minari. But I know, Zach, you probably think Delroy Lindo in your heart is getting in but in your head do you think so uh for right now i still think delroy lindo has a good chance i would also say that um there's a possibility of someone amongst that four missing for steven yun mm-hmm. um i know a lot of people think gary oldman seems pretty obvious and that might be it but i don't know when you consider how well um Mac has been doing overall yeah the only thing about the movie that sag liked was <laughs> gary oldman yeah yeah like you know, Stephen, Stephen, you and I could see getting an over Delroy Lindo, but at the same time, um, you know, Stephen, I'm glad that he's getting all this attention because it's such a subtle performance. Yeah, that's true. Subtle performances sometimes don't make it in. Um, with Compared actors. to so, the grandma who is over, like she steals yeah. the movie. <laughs> exactly. I think she's got a, I would say she has a better chance of getting in right now than Stephen Yoon does. Right. Um, but it's a really tough call to make. Yeah, I, I would say Stephen Yun, if if assuming that these four are in, Stephen Yun probably gets the fifth. 
Um, but I, I do think Gary Oldman is, is vulnerable. I think if he hadn't won for Darkest Hour, like he'd be running away with this just because yeah. this, this is like as showy as that performance was, this is a very show. He gets to play drunk and he gets to give like self-righteous tirades about capitalism, which I'm here for. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, but it, that happened so recently and that was a makeup award. So I feel like, you know, we've seen like, already the you know the sag awards which are the only of these three awards that are an industry group uh they were they were really kind of chilly about Mank. so if there is a limited amount of support for the film overall in the industry uh that could come back on gary oldman i actually think even with the snub of uh amanda seyfried i think seyfried is a safer nominee than gary oldman yeah. even though gary oldman has gotten yeah. in everywhere um i mentioned so, in another slugfest that you know if if Mank gets in everything except for Gary Oldman, it would be kind of just like Robert De Niro and the Irishman getting snubbed and everything else from the Irishman gets in. So, and which yeah, is another but the title big Netflix the movie. movie. Right, yeah, I mean, so it's not unprecedented. Um, if, if Delroy Lindo misses BAFTA, then I'll probably put in Steven Yeun over him. Mm. But um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I have to feel that if people who like the Five Bloods would have a hard time not voting for Delroy Lindo, you know, especially if they're going to give a nomination to Chadwick Boseman, which is yeah. seeming more and more likely um, as he showed up both yeah. here and at SAG in both categories. So I don't know. It's just a really, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough call for me. Yeah. Delroy feels like one of those actors who like, okay, they missed here and they missed there, but they still get the Oscar nomination. Like mm -hmm. I feel like that, I, I hope there's been enough of a narrative around hey, hey Delroy Lindo doesn't have an Oscar nomination yet give him an Oscar nomination because right. you know Spike Lee wrote him a Shakespearean part practically uh, where he delivers a soliloquy <laughs> in the middle of it so like it's 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 it would be really weird for this for this film to hit and for him in particular to miss, like it made sense with the Irishman a bit because uh, Robert De Niro was giving kind of the quiet performance mm -hmm. in the middle of a lot of broader, uh, you know, more transformative performances. Um, you know, so, but here it's like Delroy Lindo is, is like, how do you, how do you, how are you, are people watching this movie and saying, don't, you know, Divide Bloods is one of the best pictures of the year and not, not not nominating one of the things that is most central to that happening. I hope he gets in just for Zach's sake. <laughs> and, well, and for everybody's sake, there was a t-shirt that went on sale after the SAGs snubbed him that said, uh, Del, uh, nominate Delroy Lindo, you cowards. You know, <laughs> so I know I'm not the only person. I bought one of those t-shirts, of course, and but they sold out pretty quickly, it seems. So, you know, I, I have to think that everybody is getting on the ground to... Uh, to get him uh, to get him in that fifth slot. So. Well, uh, just uh, you know, if if he doesn't get in, and Marie Baklova doesn't get in, and and Zach is rails against stupid actors once again, just letting every all of our watchers and listeners in the Screen Actors Guild that you can message him on Twitter and <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> send your at mail to, to yeah, yeah. yeah, at him, at him, bros. Um, <laughs> Um, well, uh, so with that, is, is, do you have anything else that, any thoughts about these nominations that, that uh, pops out at you, uh, Zach, before we sign off? 
I will say, you know, after, you know, just combined with this and the Globes and SAG, um, you know, for a year where it, it seemed like they were going to struggle uh, coming up with enough contenders to fill out potentially 10 Best Picture nominees, um, there's a lot of competition. So uh, I, I think even with all of these movies that got delayed um, because of the pandemic, there's still a lot of really good quality work that's being recognized. And there's going to be a lot of, uh, of heartbreaking snubs. And I hope even a, a few really great surprises when Oscar nominations come out. So that's my big takeaway from all this from the last few days. Um, my big takeaway is, you know, they got to trim some of these categories. I mean, <laughs> we should not have eight for best actor. I mean, it was a great year, but it's, it almost feels like Oprah giving away cars at this point. Um, yeah, I love, I love my Minari 10 nominations, you know, I'm rooting for that at the Critics' Choice and pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no guts, no glory, Critics' Choice. You don't get to brag about predicting the Oscars anymore if, if, if you keep nominating 10 things in every category with ties, you know, so like, you know, actually put up or shut up, nominate, you, nominate six, that's fine, that's a yeah, consistent number. Which is good because it lets someone in who maybe wouldn't would have been on the bubble, and it's nice to see extra recognition for. Mm -hmm. But like seven or eight, like we we see you, we see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, with that, uh, I have now put uh, Critics' Choice organizations on notice. Zach has put uh, the industry's actors, all of them, on notice. Uh, mm -hmm. So with that, uh, <laughs> we we will we will receive your hate mail and uh, see you uh, soon uh, and, and talk about the rest of this award season as, as it progresses. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.